What's up, sports fans around the world? Yes, you guessed right. We are finally back at the Mel Eats Yellow Table with a new edition and actually a new full-on show brought to you by the Press Coverage Sports. Okay, so this show is going to be a little bit different than the typical Press Coverage Sports show. This is going to be called Read Between the Lines, brought to you by Press Coverage Sports. And the idea behind it is to read between the lines. And that's not only the lines of the gambling, but also the lines of player stats and and team trends and kind of give you interesting takes and insights into the world of sports using those lines and using those stat lines and using those gambling lines to give you an idea on where we think this weekend's action is going to go and of course is going to be geared towards the fun recreational betting that we all enjoy and no matter how you do it please enjoy it responsibly and if you're having any issues with enjoying it responsibly please visit 1-800-GAMBLER or you can google that online and find your local number to reach out to if you're having trouble Um, but we hope that you won't have any trouble listening to our advice and you could turn that recreational gambling fund this weekend into some solid wins while we hammer the bookie together but without further ado let's go ahead and get into the show and it wouldn't be a press cover sports show without the Melly's hotline and coming in on the hotline is my man my longtime friend former shipmate and uncle to my kids we got the one and only football insider jimmy thornton back on the hotline what's up jimbo what to do, man? It's going to be back in a little while, but I'm ready to get after it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been it's been way too long. I'm excited to be back in front of the microphone. Um, it's been a little while for me, period, but way too long for press cover sports. So I'm excited to get this show going. Um, and like we and you've been talking about, we're going to try and get it weekly for the fans out there. So heading into your weekend, you always have some ideas on what we think is going to happen in the world of sports. And whether you're a recreational gambler or you just like to gamble for fun or you like to do prize picks or anything in between, we hope that we keep you entertained and we hope that we can do a little Nostradamus act and uh, kind of predict the future here on what's going down this weekend. So without further ado, let's get into how I want to start this show. If you've been following me on Instagram uh, at Press Coverage Sports Show, um, you would know that I've been putting out some weekly locks all season long, started off incredibly hot, 4-1, and one, and now we're teetering back towards 500. Uh, and now after last week, we're down to 4-3. and three. So we're going to start off with a recap of how our weekly locks go. And especially now starting the show, we'll be able to go back and track me and Jimmy's picks from the show previous and how we did on those. Talk about if we had any bad beats. Talk about hopefully a lot of wins that we all get to share together last week not the case texas tech jimbo did you see any of the texas tech game i had them as my lock at minus one uh and they blew it on me i didn't see much of the game um i did see the highlights of it and i'm not gonna lie i thought texas tech would win that one easy unfortunately that wasn't the case and guys came to play unfortunately for the game but you know sometimes that's the way it happens but you're not here to uh to play it safe or you don't make no money. <laughs> you're not, you're not. And you know what? I thought it was a lock, you know, with Texas with te- with Texas Tech uh, being at home, going up against K-State. Uh, I knew that Texas Tech was on their backup quarterback. I didn't know that he was going to get injured and we'd be down to our third-string quarterback, but you can never guess those things. But even then, third-string quarterback comes out at halftime, comes out red hot, leads him right down the field, takes the lead 21-17. Okay, we're looking good. And then this backup quarterback, whoever he is, Avery Johnson, no, not the NBA Avery Johnson, no, not from his bloodline, just some random Avery Johnson who is not recruited by any power five school ends up being the only player in the NCAA this year with five rushing touchdowns as the backup quarterback for K-State rolls through Texas Tech's weak rushing defense in the second half and uh, ends up just putting uh, putting putting T-Tech away easy in the end of the fourth quarter with another of his fifth touchdowns to uh, shut that one out and I think the final score was uh 38-21 or something ended up being a mopping ended up being a mop job and uh, so so if you were on that lock I apologize for that well uh, we, we steered you we steered you awry but we're gonna try and fix that this week and it starts on Saturday right Jimbo what 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 what's your give me one college football game that you're looking at this weekend what's one of the big games on the slate that you got your eyes on well there's a couple of big games out there of course you got Penn State and Ohio State uh, playing I think that's gonna be a close contest but I'm um, really 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 looking to see uh, Duke versus Florida State. Um, I really want to see if they can take the next step. Duke's played really well this year. Um, they played pretty well all season long. They had a close loss against uh, Notre Dame. And then Florida State, it looks like they're back on the map. You know, we, uh, we've seen them be bad for a few years, but apparently they got some talent stacked up and, and they're surprising teams and they're playing really well and they might even be one of the teams to make it to the Final Four. So that's the game I'm looking to see. 
Yeah, I got my eyes on that one too, uh, Jimbo. The Seminoles chop is back. And to me, I can't really get a read on this one. The line's been going all over the place. Um, it was at plus 14 earlier today. It went down to it, Duke was getting 14. Then earlier today, it was Duke was getting 13 and a half. Now I'm looking at it live and Duke is getting 15 now all of a sudden. So it's kind of going all over the place. And I think that has a lot to do with Riley Leonard being hurt. So that's another reason I got my eyes on this game. It's hard for me to give a solid pick. So it's more of like a kind of lean-to pick than a solid pick right now. But I just I just think giving that many points to Duke is just it's just bad for business from a from a bookie standpoint, Jimbo. I mean, since Mike Elko's taken over uh, last season, they have never lost a game by double digits under him. Never. So giving me 14, giving me 15, giving me 13 and a half, in my eyes, it's too much chalk. Jimbo, which way are you going from it from a line standpoint? Do you like Duke in the points or you think Jordan Travis and the boys from Florida State can cover that easy at home? I'd probably be leaning towards Duke with the points if Riley Leonard is healthy and does play well. I know Duke's defense has surprised a lot of people with as well as they played. Uh, they played some pretty decent teams and have held their own. Um, but I think it's really going to come down to if their defense could contain uh, Jordan Travis and uh, Keon Coleman because that combination is deadly. And if they don't you know, double-team him or stay on him, it, it could go bad really fast. But I'm going I'm to take Duke with the points. I would like to take him straight up to win, but I might definitely push my buttons a little bit, but that's what we do this for. Exactly. Sometimes you got to be risky, and sometimes you just got to get, get a feel for it. And I just got a feel for Riley Leonard, and I was bummed not only that they that they let Notre Dame kind of squeak out of there with a win um, at home in Duke, but that it ended on Riley Leonard, you know, tweaking his ankle as bad as he did at the end of the game. But I hear good things. I hear that he's playing, but the way that the line's bouncing all over the place, you might have to roll the dice if you want him with this big of a line and take him now before you really find out how healthy Riley Leonard is. Um, one other thing I look at is the over and under of 49. I kind of like that under. I hate betting unders. Um, as you listen to this show, you'll learn there's a few things that I choose. Try I try not to do, and betting under them, but betting the under on a game is one of them because nothing's worse than watching a great game, and the only problem with it is that they're scoring too much. You know what I'm saying, Jim? I completely agree. I hate to have to root for teams not to score and for there not to be action and root for turnovers or stuff like that. But sometimes if it's two really good defensive teams, that's your best bet. But I usually like to take the over as well because I want to see a show. Yeah, and I, I think I, I think if Riley Leonard doesn't play, maybe the under is the best play because Duke's defense is going to be hanging in there and they're going to try and make it difficult. And you watch Jordan Travis not taking anything away from the kid. He's got a great talent um, and he's an absolute he's an absolute stud, but he's not that accurate. And a guy like Keon Coleman makes up for it a lot of times being such a big athletic target. Um, so I just really like Duke and the points. I'm siding with you on this one. Um, and and you know what? Who knows? Maybe maybe we may talk you into Duke on the money line later on in this show. Um, but definitely Duke with the points is, is my lead to right now, but I'm really keeping my eyes on Riley Leonard. Uh, another game that I definitely got my eyes on, you already mentioned it, I think it's the game of the week, and I don't think too many people would argue uh, with us there, Ohio State at home versus Penn State. I mean, that is a battle of behemoths, Jimbo. Uh, I want to hear your I want to hear your take on this. Who do you got between Ohio State Penn State this week? I'm definitely going to Ohio State. Um, Penn State's played well, but in the games that I've watched them play, they, they had a lot of games where they played really slow. Games were close at times before they could really pull away at some point. Some games they didn't even really pull away at. Um, I think Ohio State has better talent. Um, I know they've played in some close games, but the one thing that tells me is that when you're in close games and you win close games, you know how to win. So they're both undefeated, but I probably – I think that Ohio State has the better talent. You know, they got a really good coach and day. So I trust them more than I trust Penn State. Now, Penn State could pull it off, but I'm I'm really leaning towards Ohio State. You know what, Jimbo? I'm leaning towards Ohio State with you, and so is everybody else on Heritage Sports. I mean, they are just slamming the smart money on Ohio State. The line's already moved from three and a half earlier today to five right now as we're recording this. And who knows, by the time you hear it, it may be upwards towards six, which is getting to a zone where I don't like to take it. I like it at five. Um, going more than five, I'm getting a little nervous. Um but I do agree. I think Ohio State's more battle-tested. They came back with that monster drive on the road with uh, McCord, the quarterback, having his moment there against Notre Dame, going all the way down the field with no time left and squeaking into the end zone at the end. I mean, that was a huge win for them. And you look at Penn State, who have they really beat? You let teams like Illinois hang in there with you, and you say, oh, well, Illinois, that's a quality Big Ten opponent. Yes, they got a few NFL guys on the defense. I'll give you that. But Illinois also just got mopped at home by Nebraska. So for Penn State to be able to you know, get a backdoor cover on that game in the fourth quarter like they did, that's not that impressive to me. 
Who'd they play before the big game against Ohio State? They got to fluff their egos by beating up on the Minutemen from Massachusetts. I mean, they might as well played a Pop Warner team out there, Jim. They won 63 to nothing. You know, I mean, that's not that, that's not a real competition. What did Ohio State did? They went up to Lafayette and played a legit Purdue Big Ten team, and they smoked them at home. And if you know anything about the weird lands of Indiana, up there in Lafayette, sometimes it's hard to win a game up there. You know, Purdue plays you tough, Jim. So I like, I like Ohio State as well. I think that they're more battle-tested for this game, and, and and they're ready. I'm leaning Buckeyes. I'm leaning Buckeyes, but I don't like how much the line is moving on us right now, Jim. We might need to get in on this early. I agree. Um, but I, I'm comfortable with them. Um, when I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Now, hopefully it doesn't go above that. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, but that's just something on things, how things work. But I do think they can cover at least seven, seven, six and a half, seven points. And while we know this could turn into a blowout, it could get ugly real early, but I don't want to. I don't want to undersell Penn State too much because they are a good team. They are undefeated, but I think Ohio State's got this one easy. They, they are. come in and do what they need to do. Easy win. I agree. I agree. Six and a half. Maybe. I, uh, maybe I still take that. I, maybe I just stay away. I don't think I take Penn State getting six and a half. Um, but but six and a half is is definitely where I draw my limit with Ohio State too. And another thing, like you said, Penn State is a good team. They got some legit dudes on defense. Drew Allen hasn't been tested yet, but where he has played, he's got. I think he's got 20 touchdowns with no turnovers so far to start his college career. That's not bad. I don't care who you play. Um, that's not a bad start to things. But like I said, their their matchup has not been has not been tested as much. The best offense that they've played on uh, Penn State wise is probably West Virginia, and that's not saying much, right? That's not that's not saying a whole lot. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm riding Ohio State six and a half. That's where we're. That's where press coverage. That's where read between the lines is, is is telling you to cap it off out there if you're listening. So you see that seven seven and a half. Maybe just stay away. Maybe uh, maybe take the over and just root for a shootout because I think that there's too many dudes on offense on both sides. I do say uh, over under forty six. Jimbo, I'm riding over. What do you think over under wise? I'm riding over as well. Um, I think that both teams are going to put up points. Um, usually in second half with adjustments are made. Sometimes it slows down, but then sometimes. The, the team figures out the other team and they just put it on them. So I'll definitely take the over as well. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think over is the move. There's too many guys. Like I said, Drew Allen's playing good. He's playing efficient. He's not turning the ball over. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. is just starting to get going. And then on, they had that other, what's that other kid that just balled out last last week? Tate Cordell. I think he's a freshman for Ohio State. But they yeah. got they got dudes coming up and, they, and they're ready to show what they can do too. Um, so we like Ohio State all the way up to six and a half. And we like the over on 46. So, you know, let it ride on the Buckeyes in the horseshoe and uh, kick back, and I think I think we seal this one away before the fourth quarter is even over. Another game that I'm looking at, Ren, you're looking down your uh, sports ticker. It's right below it. We got the University of Central Florida Knights going on the road to take on the Boomer Sooners of Oklahoma, Jimbo, and we were talking about all these teams, right? All these teams, the common thread so far we've had on this weekend is these are all potential Final Four teams, right? They can all be in the playoffs at this moment. The dream's not over, and Oklahoma's dream is very, very much alive. I think I actually saw something where they have the highest percentage now to make the playoffs of any Power 5 school um, based on the remaining schedule. Central Florida stands in their way. I'm going to go first at this one. The line's a little bit big, right? We're at minus 19. A lot of you at home, you know, maybe if you're just used to betting on Sundays, you might be like, holy shit, 19 points. I am not going to lay 19 points. I'm telling you, lay the 19 points, all right? The Sooners, let me give you some stats. So far this year, 6-0 and against the spread, and so far this year, they've been favored by at least 18 and a half three times this year, and they've covered that on average by 24 points. And these are good teams, right? We're talking about on the road in an early game at Cincinnati. We're talking about at home against a Tulsa team that can score. Um, we actually had a buddy of ours, a, a naysayer, think that Tulsa was actually going to hang in that one, uh, and and he was wrong. You know, me and Jimbo cleaned up a nice parlay on that one. Trust Oklahoma. I've had a lot of great luck with them. And then you look on the other side of this other sideline. You got Central Florida over there, two and four against the spread, and they lost by thirty week thirty points last week to Kansas and a backup quarterback. Um, if that doesn't say enough, Oklahoma's defense is probably one of the best it's ever been since you remember watching Oklahoma, right? It's no longer the uh, Alex Grinch defense that's now running amok in Los Angeles, okay? This is Brent Venerables. He's a defensive guy by nature from Clemson, defense coordinator, played in big games. Uh, he's not going to fall asleep on this one, and I think they're going to want to keep on proving a point by uh, Wally Mop in Central Florida this week. I say lay the 19, lay the big chalk, and, and ride with the Sooners, Jimbo. What do you say? You agreeing with me, or you, or you uh, got some love for Central Florida. I'm agreeing with you. Oklahoma's playing really, really well this season. They've been a lot better than I expected. Um, they really showed me when they played Texas that they're here to, to make a statement, especially on the defensive end, like you said. Dylan Gabriel, hey, he could be up for the Heisman for all I know as well. He's playing that game. 
And plus, um, the the good old the good old Knights of Central Florida, they're on a three game skid. They've lost to Kansas State, Baylor, and Kansas in their last three games. So um, they were they allowed a lot of points. They put up some decent points, but I don't think they have the talent to keep up with Oklahoma, especially if they get a nice little lead. They're just going to you know put their foot on the gas and just run this team down. I agree. I agree. Yeah. UCF is coming in on a skid and uh, it's not a place you want to go on a skid in Oklahoma where it's going to be rowdy. They're all pumped up from the Red River shootout win that they got against Texas. Um, I think they're the real deal. And like you said, Dylan Gabriel right now, um, now that Caleb Williams lost last week, I think um, as far as betting purposes go, if you're looking for a long shot and you want to put some money down on who's going to win Heisman, I say I say Dylan Gabriel's a pretty safe bet. I think they make the I think they make the playoffs, Jim. I think you kind of got to give it to them. Who else could Who else could win it? You know, other than Dylan Gabriel, if if Oklahoma's in the playoffs. I mean, did you think Oklahoma would be playoff bound this year? I sure didn't. I didn't. I was I was thinking they would probably lose the Texas game, mm-hmm. but once they you know got down a little bit, they kept battling, kept battling. I was like, all right, this team's here to play. The only other player I think as of right now where we're at, I mean, we're not going to overlook you know. Caleb Williams or Drake May, but Michael Penix played really, really well against Oregon, so he might be able to make a Heisman case for himself because he was throwing dives out there. Very true, very true. I say I say Penix is probably the favorite right now, um, but I say he cannibalizes himself in the Pac-12 and he loses a game, oh, maybe even two games. You know, they still got a tough schedule ahead of them, but yeah, I do like me some Michael Penix, and Washington is definitely definitely a tough out for anybody this year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, but speaking of another tough out, right? Alabama has always been another tough out. We got one more college football game uh, that we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive in before we dive into our Beethoven Super Dog of the Week. All right, um, we're going to take a look at a rivalry that's been going on since the 20s. We got the Tennessee Volunteers going on the road to Tuscaloosa, getting nine and a half points at Alabama. Jimbo, what do you like about this game? What are you looking to see out of Alabama playing at home versus Tennessee this year? I'm just hoping to see the old Alabama that we, we've grown to know because they played in a lot of close games this year. Um, they switched up the quarterback a couple of times. That didn't look too great, but now they finally got Milrow in there. Um, they're still playing solid defense, uh, but you can't take Tennessee lightly. Uh, Milton, he's got a cannon. You know, if, maybe if he work on a little bit of touch, they might be a little more dangerous. Um, but I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think Alabama wins it. I think they do cover, um, but that could all change if Alabama can't put it together like they've done in some of these other games. Like Arkansas, I didn't expect them to stay as close as they did. They looked great against Texas A&M, but they got the win. Um, Other than that, I don't know about Tennessee. We took them against Florida, and they completely pissed the bet on us. So I'm taking Alabama to cover. I'm leading Tennessee, Jim. I just it just because just because nine and a half seems a lot to me. Just with Alabama's offensive struggles, I I, I agree. I want to see them. I want to see them come back into their own and look like the Bama. You know, the old roll tide that that we've come to know. And you know, usually they have that like hoss of a running back right in the backfield. And I just feel like the running game hasn't been able to get going yet this year either. And it's so weird, right? Last year's total, what was it? Like damn near a hundred points, I think, between Tennessee and Alabama. They got the over and under set at forty. Eight and a half. That is incredibly low. Whenever I see something low like that against a team that two teams that just hung a hundred on each other the the year before, it's like something. I mean, the books know something or something, you know. So nine seems like a lot. It seemed like a lot. I mean, I I I, I like I like Alabama maybe to come out quick, you know, and maybe even like. Uh, some first quarter action. They, they got first quarter, Alabama minus one. Maybe I'd go Alabama minus one in the first quarter. Uh, something like that. You know, throw a weird prop out there and, and see how that see how that matures kind of as the game goes on. But I just, they make me nervous. Kind of just how Arkansas, like you said, hung around, hung up a random fourth quarter touchdown, and then boom, they get an easy cover, you know? Actually, I think I think Alabama was favored by, favored by like 18 points or something that game. Um, so... I, I like that game. I'm looking to see Alabama come back to its come back to its resurgence. I think they win. I'm scared of the nine and a half. Uh, I would probably go Alabama minus one in the first quarter. Come out, jump on Tennessee at home, and then Joe Milton has to find a way to kind of hang around, and that Tennessee defense can uh, maybe help him out with that. You know, the D line's been looking tough. Alabama's O line's been looking a little shaky compared to what they normally look like. So. My play for that one is Alabama giving one in the first quarter. We either win it or we lose it, and then we chase our tail from there. Uh, but with, with that being said, you know, Tennessee down nine and a half. 
they could be uh they they could be a, a candidate for our next uh next next topic our next part of our show that you gonna know and come to love it is called the Beethoven Super Dog of the Week right we're looking for a mammoth dog so we're looking for a dog that's getting at least six and a half points or more and they are gonna come out straight up winners this weekend I'm gonna take this one first Jim we touched on it already Duke Blue Devils. On the road, I'm saying get your pick in now. I think Riley Leonard goes goes healthy. That line shrinks to single digits before the game starts. I say right now, let's go Duke on the money line. I think Riley Leonard's coming back healthy. I think they're blowing smoke right now, and they're just trying to keep Florida State off guard, right? I get it. Tallahassee, tough place to play. It's going to be 730 at night Eastern. Those kids out there are going to be wasted. They're going to be screaming their heads off, doing the chomp, all that stuff. It's going to be a tough win for Duke, but I just feel like – I. You and I kind of talked about this off air. Riley just seems like one of those guys, Jim, that's going to have this moment this year where you remember him forever in college football. And I feel like this could be that game that happens, right? He comes back with an ankle sprain. Maybe he'll be kind of limping out there, and then he'll rip off a 40-yard you know, game-sealing touchdown run. If you watch this Riley Leonard kid play, that's what he does. That's what he did against Clemson. Broke a sack, a would-be sack, and then ran 50 yards or something to put a dagger in Clemson uh, late in that game. So I think they looked good last week at NC State, easily covered with the backup quarterback in, gave the defense a little bit of props, gave everybody else a little bit of swagger, knowing that they can do it too. Riley Leonard comes back as the warrior on the road, and I think Duke has a damn good shot. If you're going to take a Beethoven super dog, Duke is a great candidate on the money line. I think they're plus 355, so you make some serious cash there. What do you think, Jim? Um, the, the pick I took... Um for the, the Beethoven underdog of the, of the week. I took TCU versus Kansas State. Um, okay. TCU, I think we uh, – I, I ain't going to lie. I thought they would be better than what they are at this point. Um, I know early it didn't look good for them. They got, they got a taste of Coach Prime in, in Colorado, but uh, you know, that's a whole different ballgame for them. Kansas State, they've been playing well. Uh, they lost a close game against Missouri about the second week of the season, and they lost again against Oklahoma State. Uh, I can't overlook that TCU is a championship-caliber team, not this season, but last season, although they did get blown out of the building. Uh, some of those guys still came back. Some of those guys are hungry. Some of those guys want revenge. <laughs> I was surprised that um, they were the underdog in this game, although I can understand why. But uh, I think these guys at TCU, they're trying to make a name for themselves to show everybody it wasn't a fluke that they made it to the championship game, although they probably won't make it this year. Uh, they can still make it to a respectable bowl game. So I think there's some easy money to be made. There's uh, favor or – Kansas State is favored by six and a half, and I'm, I'm taking TCU for the upset. We think. I like it. You know, I like TCU. I, I feel like after watching Kansas State a little bit because of my Texas Tech lock of the week that went to shit. Um, I, I, I think Kansas State's a team that's a little bit lost, right? They threw in this Avery Johnson kid. He didn't look that impressive. I mean, granted, yes, he had five touchdowns, okay? I'm not trying to take nothing away from the guy. Uh, five touchdowns, but he only he had, like, I think he had 20 carries, for like 82 yards, and the five touchdowns. To me, that's not that's not sustainable, and they have a great quarterback in Will Howard. So now there's doubt in Will Howard's head, and the coach even said, hey, who knows, if we had to throw it more, maybe we would have did something different at quarterback. To me, that sounds like uncertainty. I think if TCU can jump on them quick, put a little pressure on them, uh, they may be flip-flopping back and forth quarterbacks a little bit too much, you know, and uh, they, might think they, have, uh, they might think they have Chris Leak and Tim Tebow and find out that they don't have either one of them out there, and Kansas State could come away a loser at home versus TCU. I think that's a very good chance for the Beethoven Superdog of the week, and you know what? If you put together our Superdog Picks of the Week, you got... TCU plus 202, you got Duke plus 445, you can put a $10, that's right, one $10 bill down and win up to $144 off of that two-team parlay. So there you go, two teams, two dogs that you might have fun rooting in as winners, 10 bucks turns it into 144. I say, I say lay it down, have some fun and see what you get out of it. Um, I think, I think the uh, Beethoven dogs of the week are looking solid, they're barking, I think they're ready to go. Um, like I said, main thing is going to be Duke, whether or not Riley Leonard plays. But obviously, if you wait to find out that for sure, you might not have him with such a big uh, plus 445 on the money line. I think it's going to shrink down to single digits if they come out and say that he's healthy. Uh, but you know what? It's football, Jim. It's football right now. I mean, we are in the thick of things. Everybody's hurt. We saw it. The Niners lost McCaffrey and Debo. Doesn't that just feel like a normal Niners season right now? Like a, a couple of star players go down in the middle of the mix? 
It does. It seems like that's what we've seen the last few years is they'll lose a couple of star players. But for some reason, with that offensive scheme that they got, they plug in the next guy and they keep rolling. We know what that defense is going to do. They're going to show up every week. They play physical. They play hard. And they make you regret that you stepped on the field with them. So I'm not at all really concerned about those guys not playing. Now, maybe if they were a team where you depend on just like two people to get you by, that whole team is stacked. You know, they come to play every week and they're in every game. And then, you know, Brock Purdy, he's the guy that nobody wanted. And now he's out there shining and everybody wants a piece of him now. I agree. I agree. I definitely think. I definitely think uh, with with the Niners in general, um, it's definitely a system thing. And right now, that's what you lean on, right? When you got when you got players when you got players down, and it's not the same team you ran out there for week one. You got to start leaning on fundamentals. And the same thing goes for gambling, right? That same thing goes for us trying to figure out what that best bet is. So with the Niners on the mind, Jimbo, what do you think your best two NFL games are to take a wager on right now? Looking at the lines, who do you like? Uh, the two games that I like is uh, this 49ers game, uh, six and a half over the Vikings. Let me tell you guys, as a uh, what I would call a former Vikings fan, until some things change, that team is not as good as their record. There are only two wins that came against two teams, and their combined record is one in ten. Okay, so they're, they're not, not as good. Anybody. So they're not as good they're as two and four. Anybody. They're not even as good as two they and four. Not, is what you're saying? No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. All right, the combined record between two teams that they beat is one in ten. They're not fooling anybody. Okay, you got. Bryce Young out there, he's new. They took advantage of him, and then they beat a Bears team who Justin Fields got hurt, and then Shepard University's finest, Tyler Bayette, came in there, and he didn't look too great, but they're not fooling me. So I think the 49ers are going to do like they've done the last couple times they played the Vikings and steamroll them. So I think that's an easy cover pending, you know, anything crazy happens during the game. Uh, I think the pressure's going to get to Kirk Cousins. There's no Justin Jefferson. I think it's an easy win for the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think? I like that. I like that. When we first started talking about show prep, we had Niners at minus six and a half. Smart Money's going with you, Jimbo. Smart Money's riding with you. The line's already shifting to minus seven. You still like them as a full touchdown favorite on the road in the Vikings Dome? Go Skull, you know, blowing the horns, all that. You think they can handle it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you got to think they didn't even play well last week against the Browns elite defense, and they still were right there at the end of the game to get a W. The Vikings defense is nowhere near as good as the Browns, and I say without Justin Jefferson being there, that offense is probably going to stall out more than Ted's going to put points on the board. And come on, we all know it's Kirk Cousins out there, and we know how he does in these pressure games. That is true. That is true. Kirk doesn't like pressure. You know, he's definitely not a diamond. He's definitely not a diamond. He's more so in the rough. More so in the rough than a diamond. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can side with you. I think that I, I think that the, the Niners can still get it done. They're definitely a system team. Let's say the seven's too much for people, Jimbo. They're looking at it over or under. What do you think? You think the Niners are going to score enough points? I mean, one thing the Vikings can do is they typically can score. Do you think they hold up their end of the bargain and we push this total over, or are you riding more of an under? The line's at 44. I think it's going to be over because I think San Francisco's going to score their points, and I don't know if anybody's noticed, but in a lot of games uh, when the Vikings are, are down, you know, they, they abandon their run, they start throwing the ball, and they'll put up points. I mean, they'll never... I don't think they'll overcome the deficit, but they will eventually start putting up points once, you know, the team is a little bit more relaxed on defense and aren't blitzing them as much and kind of letting them keep it in front of them. They'll move it down the field, so I'm going to take the over on it. I think they'll put up points. I don't know if it'll happen in the first half, but probably in the second half once the 49ers got a comfortable lead and they start putting them back up, that's when the Vikings will make their move. <laughs> so something like 28-17 or something like that's coming in, a 30-20, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I can see that happen. I, can, yeah. I don't know. 28-17 sounds realistic to me. It sounds realistic to me. Maybe 31-17 or something like that. Who knows? Maybe it's a full-on bloodbath. Um, but what's another game? What's another game you got your eyes on as a, as a pretty good one to, to look at if you're a recreational gambler looking for some fun on Sunday? Uh, the second game I like, I like the Cleveland Browns uh, minus two over the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts just uh, lost Anthony Richardson for the season. He's going to have surgery. And then good old uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be stepping in. He did not look great last week. Gardner, struggled. Gardner, Gardner, Gardner yeah. struggled last week, Jim. Oh, yeah. it, it didn't look good. And uh, they do still got Jonathan Taylor, but he's working his way back into form. They got Michael Pittman. He's doing pretty well. Uh, but the Browns showed me a lot last week with P.J. Washington stepping in there for Deshaun Watson and getting a win against San Francisco. Now, granted, it was not pretty, but that defense is legit. They come out, they play hard, they, they get physical with you, and the Browns, although they don't have a really good offense, they've shown you that if they don't turn the ball over, that they can beat a top team in the NFL. And believe me, the Colts are not a top team in the NFL, especially with those injuries that they have. So I don't think covering two 
should be any problem for the Browns. Pending they don't come out, turn the ball over, they do what they do, they come out, run the ball, play defense, they win that game easily by two. Agreed, agreed. I love PJ. I'm glad to see him uh, having more success in the NFL. XFL's finest story right there, probably their biggest success story ever, um, is PJ Walker, and uh, he's doing great, great things for the Browns, um, filling in for Deshaun Watson, which is a very mysterious type of injury, and now he may or may not play. But regardless, I think if Deshaun Washington play or Deshaun Watson plays, uh, it's only going to be a pro for Cleveland. I, I I like this one a lot, Jim. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean this. This is damn near a lock, if you look at me. I mean, what do the what do the bookies know that we don't know, Jim? I'm looking at it. I'm like, the Browns just beat the Niners at home. We're going up against the Colts. They just lost their future for the rest of the season, and now maybe AR5's career is over. You know, the one thing the guy needed to do was play, and it just seems like he's destined to not play. Uh, so that's got to just be an absolute gut shot for these Colts team. Uh, they do have a decent defense, but like you said, I think the Browns don't turn the ball over, and they release Miles uh, Garrett and the goons on uh, Gardner Minshew or whoever ends up in there at the end of the game, I think it's going to be a long day at the office for the Colts and for the fans that are uh, lying in the seats there at Lucas Oil. I'm with you with the Browns, and it looks like the smart money's with you too, Jimbo. Every game you're betting on, man, the smart money is moving it in the other in your direction. Uh, they got the Browns now live two and a half, so um, we're definitely leaning towards you, Jim. I mean, I'm loving your picks right now, and it looks like the public already is too, even before hearing this. couple games that I got my eyes on. Okay, in the NFL, I'm looking at NFL, I always feel like it's a league of parodies and then it's a league of desperation, right? You never want to be that team that's desperate. For, you never want to be playing that team that's desperate for a win. Um, and I think, I think the Pats are exactly that team. Um, I usually don't like picking teams. So if you're listening out there, Jimmy and myself have a few cardinal rules that we like to go by when we're, when we're uh, making our gambling selections. Uh, a couple of those cardinal rules is never bet on your own team. Because now you're too emotionally involved and you're not going to think about it from an analytic standpoint. And even if you do and you bet against your team, if they upset you, you'll be pissed for betting against your own team. If you bet on them and they lose, now it's a double whammy. Now you've lost your money and you have the emotional distress of your team losing as well. So it's just bad. So stay away from it. Okay, stay away from that. Another one is don't bet on a team getting points if you don't think that somehow they can outright win the game. Right? Never bet on a loser not to be that big of a loser. Okay, that one seems to me when you hear it come out of my mouth, it should make sense to you, right? Don't bet on losers to not be losers. The Pats getting nine. I like that getting nine. I think the Pats can win. We're talking about the New England Patriots at home with a Bills team coming in that should have lost to the Giants, the terrible New York Giants last week, if it wasn't for a missed pass interference call in the end zone, right? And then on top of it, just some of the most piss-poor time clock management play calling I've ever seen from a coaching staff. Brian Dable should be embarrassed of himself for that debacle that happened at the end of the second half where somehow <laughs> where somehow Saquon Barkley ends up running a dive up the middle. You know, and I, think they're, I think they're in 11 personnel. I don't even think they're in 11 personnel. I think, it was, I think it was just 0-1. I don't even know if they had a tight end on the field. And they run Saquon Barkley out of shotgun. It was a terrible play call. He doesn't get in. You can't spike the ball. You don't get a field goal. You end up losing, uh, what was it, 15 to, it ended up being 15-9. You got a field goal right there. Guess what? Now it's 12 to 15, and you can kick the field goal, tie it up, and go to halftime instead of have to go for the end zone. Then on top of it, they go for the end zone. Waller gets held. They don't call it, you know, but that's the story of the NFL. Refs suck, and that's the reason you lost. But with that being said, Bill should have lost that game. They're missing their two best defenders now, Matt Milano and Tredavious White. Now Josh Allen's got a bum shoulder. Granted, it's not his throwing shoulder, but still, it's a bum, it's a bum shoulder. It's going to be bothering him. Um, and Bill Belichick is desperate. Like I said before, you never want to be going up against that desperate team. Right now, everybody's calling Bill Belichick washed. He's done. They should fire him. They should remove him as GM, and he's making Mac Jones a bum. And all you hear about is how Bill Belichick, now people are starting to say crazy stuff. Bill Belichick, I don't know, is he a hall? Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? You know, people are starting to question everything about this man, all right? They said, only Tom Brady. Bill's going to be coaching for his dignity this week, and I like the Patriots. I, I like the Patriots as a chance to win, but I love them at getting nine. Uh, looking at the live lines right now, they're down to getting eight, so the smart money's leaning that way too. Um, so go Pats, plus nine or eight, whatever you get them at. I think even if, as long as you get them plus a touchdown, I say go for it. What do you think, Jim? I agree. I, I believe this is a game the Patriots can win, especially with like how we've seen the last two weeks the Bills have been you know, not playing up to the standard we expected them to. They lost to Jacksonville in London, and then that you know, we saw that game with the, uh, the Giants. That was atrocious. Now, granted, the Patriots ain't playing the best football they've ever played, and we know that. But like you said, they're a desperate team. They're back in a the corner. They got to show that they got something there. 
And uh, I still think even for them, that's a lot of points for them to be down. So I do think they can win the game. Do I think they will? Probably not. But I think they can get closer than, than the spread. Um, hopefully Mac Jones has the, the best game of the season because he has looked putrid out there. And then they bring in the backup. He looks putrid. So they're, they're, I guess maybe they're looking at Cunningham possibly this week. I mean, I don't know how it could go any worse than what they've been doing. <laughs> but, you know, that's how the way the NFL goes, though. You know what I'm saying? Those are the best of the best. That's but it. I do think that is too high of a spread. Like you said, Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. And, yes, he's had some bad games. But, come on, man, the guy's won, you know, six Super Bowls. you got to put some respect on his name. I think he's going to be playing for respect this weekend. I like the pats and the points. Take them. Another one that is still trying to earn the respect the Detroit Lions, and I like them on the money line. I say go for the Lions on the money line at Baltimore. All right, this ain't your granddad's Lions team. This ain't the same Lions team you grew up in in uh, your childhood wishing that they weren't uh, wasting your time on Thanksgiving, you know, unless it wasn't for some Barry Sanders shakeups. You know, that was the only reason they were worth being on your TV Thanksgiving morning. At least in my childhood, they were. And uh, you know what? I think that's not the same Lions team. I'm looking forward to seeing some Lions football. And they're playing a Ravens team that's coming back from a trip across the pond. So I think that kind of mitigates any home field advantage that they would have had. So I really like, typically you see a team come back from London and they get a bye week, right? Ravens opted out of their bye week and took it in a different week. And I think that's going to come back and bite them in the ass. Because I think Jared Goff is playing like a number one pick. He's looking like a top quarterback in the league. Um, And I think that comboed with the jet lag and it seems to be still an uncertain uh, Lamar Jackson in this Todd Munkin offense, I think that's going to be too much. And I think the Lions with that top O-line in football come out and they play some uh, bite-your-kneecap-off kind of football. And I don't think the Ravens I don't think the Ravens get a home win here. I think the Lions just take it straight up. I like the Lions on the money line. Jimbo, what do you think? Oh, I definitely like this pick. I completely agree with the, the Lions taking this one. Um, I think everyone was shocked with how well they dominated teams. I mean, they only lost the first week of the season but then they rolled off the, the four straight wins. Um, Jared Goff is playing really, really, really well. I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps playing this well. He gets a little MVP nod. I'm not saying he'll win, but he should definitely be mentioned with how they got that team playing. Respect to Dan Campbell. Finally, this team's not the laughingstock of the NFC. It's the other three teams that are. Um, hopefully, um, they can get the running game going. I don't know if um, um, Jamar Gibbs is going to play. I don't know if David Montgomery plays, but uh, they got a guy named Craig Reynolds, and he can probably fill in for him and do some things. I am concerned about the Ravens because they still, for some reason, don't have receivers that seem to catch the ball consistently. They're still relying on Lamar Jackson every single game. They've lost, what, two games this year to Pittsburgh and the Colts, which is two teams they should have never lost to. Yeah. But uh, if Lamar Jackson plays big, it could be a different story, but I think he's going to have to play big for them to win this game, honestly, because I, I don't trust the receivers. They don't really have a consistent running back to go to. The defense has played pretty well for the most part, but if you keep depending on Lamar Jackson game in, game out, I don't think that's the way to keep getting it done. Eventually, you're going to you know, you're gonna wear him down. You know what I'm saying? He needs some help out there. So I definitely would take the Lions to win this one outright. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed with all those statements, too, especially the wide receivers. Incredibly inconsistent. They're, they're making them catch rugby balls. I've never heard of such a stupid-ass thing like that. They're making, they're making the wide receivers catch rugby balls. If you need help catching a football, catch a damn football. Why are you throwing them a rugby ball? It's two times the size of a football, and then you wonder why the ball's going right through their hands in the game. They ain't catching damn rugby balls. Lamar Jackson ain't throwing a rugby ball, so why are you practicing with a rugby ball? Whichever coach came up with that idea, Harbaugh should instantly fire him. Instantly fire him. Ridiculous. Go with this the Lions. Reminds, this, reminds, this reminds me of uh, Minnesota, in case you didn't know. They uh, have had like, turnovers really bad in every game except for the last game. And uh, they said that the coaching staff went and bought every gadget they could find online to prevent these fumbles and everything else. I'm like, you guys are professionals. Like, what, what are y'all buying that is like, preventing this team that's going to help them from holding on to the football? It's the most basic concept of playing the game. If they can't hold on to the football, these gadgets, they ain't going to help either. Agreed. Agreed. You've been playing football 20 years your whole life. Don't catch rugby balls. Don't use gadgets. How about you hold on to the damn ball, and you put your diamond up, and you catch the damn ball. Enough said right there. But ride with our uh, little four-team NFL parlay we just cooked up for you. You got the Lions on the money line, plus 131. You got the Brownies giving two and a half. You got the Pats getting eight or nine or even a touchdown if it works its way down there. And you got the Niners giving seven. You put 10 bucks on it. Put 10 bucks on it when you're $189, right? $189 you didn't have on on Saturday, all right? Put it down there. You'll get it on Sunday. Um, But with that moving on, 
If you're more of a prize pick guy, we got you covered too. We're going to go over our favorite player prop bets off of prize picks right now. If you don't have the prize picks app, I guarantee you should check it out. Look it up. They got great promos like Taco Tuesday. They got big old 98% discounts off of some player props. Check them out. All cool kinds of promos going on and there's action on every single day. All kinds of sports are available. So if you haven't checked out prize picks, check them out now. But here comes our favorite prize pick locks of the week. I'll go with mine first, Jimbo. I love Tyreek Hill. 0.5 0.5 touchdowns and Saquon Barkley 68 and a half rush yards and I'm going over on both of them. I think Tyreek Hill, he's a superstar, right? He wants to be in the limelight. He loves primetime games. I think Sunday night on the road in Philly, it's a lock that Tua and him are going to connect for some type of a touchdown. Now, that's rushing, receiving, or passing. Granted, he doesn't really pass the ball that much, but you still got all of them as an option. He takes a jet sweep to the house. Boom, it's a touchdown. He catches a 60-yard bomb. Boom, it's a touchdown. They do some trickeration and have him throw the ball to Jalen Waddle. Boom, it's a touchdown. All you need is one. I'm going Tyreek Hill, half a touchdown, over against the Eagles. And then we also got Saquon Barkley, all right? 68 and a half yards. He came back great last year, uh, last week. Uh, coming off the injury, he proved that he's fully healthy, had a full workload. The Giants are desperate for a win. Danny Dimes isn't even out there. You're going up against a commie defense that loves rushing the quarterback. I say the Giants pound the ball against the commies and Saquon easily goes over 68 and a half. Lock that in for a two team, for a two player prop parlay, okay? 100 bucks will win you 300 bucks. 10 bucks will win you 30 bucks. Whatever your betting, uh, whatever your betting value is, I think that's a lock, Jim. How about you? What do you got on Prize Picks? All right, I took uh, I took Tua to throw for more than two hundred eighty-three and a half uh, passing yards, and I took DK Metcalf to have over sixty-seven and a half receiving yards. Tua right now, like I, I believe he's right now leading the MVP vote in my opinion. I mean, he's played lights out, not getting hurt. He's accurate. He's got two great receivers. The running game is working. The offense is great. The defense going to be getting Jalen Ramsey back so I think Tua is going to I haven't seen anything really from this Eagles defense especially in the secondary uh they've had a couple of letdowns in my opinion so I think it's easy for him to throw for three 350 yeah, even 400 on him and then DK Metcalf we have not seen the big game yet and they are playing the Arizona Cardinals now I don't know how much you know about the Cardinals but I don't know who either one of the DBs are and I don't think there's anybody on that team that can guard him one-on-one so unless you're putting a house on him he should easily get you those those 67 and a half yards. And he might put a couple tutties up there for you too to make you feel better. I like it. I like it, right? So we're going Tua over 283. We're going DK over 67. We're going Tyreek, just at least one touchdown. Saquon over 68. Put that all together in your pot. Stir it up. Four picks on prize picks. If you go with the straight play, 100 bucks will win you 1,000. I say go for it. Have some fun. Hopefully you hit that four-teamer parlay. That'll cover any losses that you end up with on prize pick or vice versa. Um, but have some fun with it. If you haven't checked out prize picks yet, um, do yourself a favor, download the app today, and check it out. But without further ado, let's get to my favorite part of what Read the Between's gonna, Read Between the Lines is going to be all about. And that's going to be an eight-team parlay, right? That's what we all do it. We all do it for fun. Me and Jimbo, we love betting with with small amounts, right? We're not betting mortgage. We're not betting electricity payments out here, right? So be smart with it. Like I said, if you need help, get it. 1-800-GAMBLER. Look it up online. You can find your local hotline. But one way to have fun is take a respectable amount, $10 that you would spend on junk food or a scratch-off ticket, and throw it on this 18 parlay that me and Jimmy are going to lay out for you. All right, Jim, you got four games. Give the listeners your four best games this Saturday for the best eight-team college football parlay we can put together for them. Okay, uh, I'm thinking of first game I'm going to go with is Arkansas um, getting six and a half uh, this week over uh, Mississippi State, I believe. Yep. Then I'm taking Rutgers getting five over Indiana. Taking Ohio State getting three and a half over Penn State. And I'm taking Mississippi, getting six and a half over Auburn. All right. Hey, I like those picks. Uh, Rutgers has been covering. We, we're, we're money against the spread this year. We backdoored Michigan State last week. We got a little lucky. I was a little nervous there. A little nervous there about Michigan State, but we poured it on them in the fourth. Um, so I do, like, I do like Rutgers, even on the road against Indiana. They've looked absolutely terrible. I hate to smash your home. Absolutely trash. Just so everybody knows, Indiana is a basketball state. I can't even name anybody outside of Trent Green and Antoine Rundell who's even played that you know, played in at the University of Indiana. I ain't talking about Notre Dame. I'm not talking about Purdue. I'm talking about the University of Indiana. They don't put out football players that often. Very true. Very true. I forgot Trent Green went there. That's a solid uh, Trent Green reference there, Jimbo. Um, it's not hard to remember 
when you really got to come out. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, how do you feel about Ole Miss uh, and Auburn, though? You feel confident? Uh, you feel confident with Ole Miss covering six and a half at Auburn? I do. I, I've watched a couple of Auburn games. As you know, I'm a, a fan of Auburn, and they are atrocious on offense. Like they switch in quarterbacks. They're putting in Robbie Ashford. They're putting in Peyton Thorne. They have no consistency on offense. They struggle to even keep up with teams who can even put points up. And we're not talking about like the best, you know, teams on offense. We're talking about just mediocre teams. Like there's teams where they're playing those scrubs that you're supposed to beat to death. And I'm sitting there biting my fingernails praying they don't embarrass me. So Mississippi is a better team in the SEC. Auburn, unfortunately, is not. Unless the defense can pitch a shutout and stop that offense, I don't think they have a chance of winning this game. All right, I dig it. I like all four of those picks. I agree with them. Let me get my four picks out there, and then we'll tell you what you could win if you want to ride with us on this eight-teamer screamer. Uh, we got Air Force University as my first pick of four, given 10.5, best rushing team in the country, going up against a fellow uh, armed forces in the Navy midshipmen. I think they cover that 10.5 easy. I think we're cashing that by halftime. Mentioned it earlier, Duke plus 14, okay? I like them getting the points. We'll give you both examples. We'll give you the example if you go with the Beethoven dog of the week and put them on the money line or if you go with Duke plus 14, but I like your pick regardless of which way you go with it. Next up, Sooner Boomer. We already talked about him a little bit. Oklahoma minus 19. Okay, I love the Sooners. I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's close. I think I think that one might be another one where you're feeling pretty good about yourself at halftime when the ba- when the when the wagon they like to ride all over the 50 is going crazy and the Sooners come out. Um, Nebraska Okay, yes, I am telling you to bet on Nebraska. It sounds blasphemous coming out of my mouth, but do it. Okay, Matt Rule's finally coming into his own. <laughs> Matt Rule's finally coming into his own. They got that Heinrich Harburg at quarterback now, and he looks legit. Okay, he looks even better than Aiden Martinez did back in his day when they said he was the answer. So who knows? Maybe this guy will be the answer. Either way, Nebraska is desperate for a home conference win, and going up against the bewildered and torn apart program that is Northwestern, I say giving 11 half is a lock for Nebraska this week at home, and they finally get that conference win they've been searching for for almost two years. Okay, so what do you think of those four, Jim? I like them. I think they're all really good picks, especially the Duke one. Um, I'm a little nervous about Nebraska, but I'll take your word for it. You know what I'm saying? You put the work in. So I know what you said, you know, it's that little blasphemous, but uh, I'm not going to knock them. They're going to have to, you know, prove me wrong, but I'm okay with it. But I like those picks. All right. All right. So there it is. There's your 18 parlay, right? We got Arkansas given six and a half. Okay. We got Rutgers given five. We got Ohio State given three and a half. And we already said earlier in the show, take them all the way up to six and a half. And we feel confident. We got Ole Miss, Ole Miss given six and a half. We got Air Force Falcons given 10 and a half. We got Duke plus 14. We got Oklahoma given 19. We got Nebraska given 11 and a half. You put 25 bucks down on that parlay, it'll bring you home 4,728 greenbacks. $4,728 for your $25 investment and a good way to spend Saturday out by the barbecue and in front of the TV. Now, if you really want to mix it up and you really want to try and pay off some debt, you go with the Dukies on the money line. 25 bucks now bumps your total winning up to $12,092. Yes, that's 12,000. That's a five-digit, that's a five-digit winner right there. Me and Jim have done it in the past and we're looking to do it again and we're looking to bring you along with us. I say put your 25 down with Duke on the money line and root like hell for the Fighting Riley Leonard's this Saturday and uh, who knows, we might all be celebrating uh, this Saturday. So there it is. 18 parlay, lock it in. Lock it in. We'll, we'll be sure to track it and let you know how we did last week. So if we win, hopefully you'll be celebrating with us and not regretting not going with us. So now we are at the end of the show. And what a better way to end the show than giving you your can't miss locks of the week. I'm going to cover college football on Saturdays. Jim's going to cover Sunday NFL locks for right now. And we'll modify that as your sports landscape begins to change and we start getting the likes of college basketball and NBA also in the mix. But for now, we're knee-deep in football season, so we ain't going to mess around and give you none of that other stuff. We're going to give you what you want. So I'm starting off with one that I already touched on, Air Force. Given 10.5 is your virtual lock of the weekend. It will not miss. I'm telling you, I'm on a skid, and you know what they say. If you ain't hot, you're due, and we are definitely due. All right, we are due for this one, and Air Force Falcons are going to set the tone against Navy this week and easily cover 10 and a half. 
Okay, let me run some things by you. Air Force beat Utah State by 14, beat San Jose State by 25, beat San Diego State, which is as close as you can get to a Power 5 team that's not in the Power 5 by 39 last week, all right? This is going to be a walk in the park against a Navy team that's still searching for an offensive idea. You say, oh, they're not searching for offense. Navy runs the ball all the time. Typically, Navy runs the ball 85% of their snaps. This year, they're only running at 77%. And guess what? They still got the same bums at quarterback, all right? So it's not a good look for them. They're not, <laughs> they're, they're not as consistent, Jim, all right? They're not, they're not sticking to the, the bread and butter like Air Force is. Air Force is leading the country in rushing for the fourth year in a row. They're running it at 93% of the times. They're averaging 330 yards a game. The last four games against those teams I just mentioned, they've racked up 1,400 rushing yards and 18 rushing touchdowns in those last four games. They're going to blow through a Navy rush defense that's already given up 230 yards a game against very weak opponents. Howard ran the ball for 285 on him. If you're saying who Howard is, exactly. All right, Air Force is coming to win, and they're going to come and set the tone, and they're going to extend that three-game win streak against Navy to four this week. Hands down, Air Force, lock them in at 10 and a half. Jimbo, who's your lock for Sunday? All right, my lock for Sunday is the Raiders getting three and a half over the Chicago Bears. Um, as we've seen, the Chicago Bears look like they were going to turn it around a little bit, and Justin Fields gets hurt. The week before that, Khalil Herbert got hurt. The only receiver it seems that they have on the team is uh, Moore. He's playing really well, but I don't think that uh, Shepherd's University's finest is going to be able to get him the ball. <laughs> the defense isn't that great. They don't really have any kind of running game. And then you look at the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo got dinged up a little bit, but guess who they brought in? They brought in Brian Hoyer. He came in slinging that ball around. He got him a W. So you still got Josh Jacobs. You got Devontae Adams, you got Jacoby Myers, and for some reason, Max Crosby is unblockable. And I don't think there's anybody on that Bears whole offensive line or on that team who can block him. So I think it's going to be an easy win for the Raiders. Um, I would say definitely, definitely take the points to cover. Uh, I know some people are favoring the Bears, but I guess that's just Bears fans hoping that they're going to get a W because their season's about over. I'm taking the Raiders. I like that. I like that. I think the Raiders are finally deserving of being favorites. You know, so when you're thinking of something like a field goal, I say go ahead and lay the chalk too with with the with the Raiders, Jim. I think that's a great lock. And out of all the games on on the NFL, I think the Raiders are most due. They got what is it three in a row now? They're looking to get above 500. And you look at the Raiders' schedule; it gets way harder after this. So I don't think they're going to take the Bears for granted, and they're going to try and get this win, especially with Fields uh, not at 100 percent or even playing. So I, I I like your locks. There it is. There's your two best locks for the week. We got the Raiders giving three or three and a half, whatever you see it at. Lay the chalk. Ride with the Raiders, and then Air Force is a guarantee on Saturday. Cannot mix, and we'll be sure to cover these locks and keep a running record of the of the uh, running tab of our record here on Read Between the Lines. Uh, Jim, thank you for joining us on the Mel Eats Hotline and at the Mel Eats Yellow Table. Um, and if you're listening out there and you're tired of bad beats with your lunch or dinner options, then go with Mel Eats, and I guarantee you'll be on the winning side of every single meal that you lay out in front of you. They are right here in Ventura. They're healthy, they're organic, and they're fairly priced. Check them out at Mel Eats Meals right after you're done placing these winners that we just gave you, and we hope that you enjoy the sports, and we wish you the best of luck. Make sure you reach out to us on Instagram at Press Coverage Sports Show. Tell us if you're tailing us. Tell us if you're fading us. Tell us if you're riding with us. If we hit this 18 Team Parlay. Tell us how you're celebrating with us. What kind of tequila you open in for celebrations after we hit this eight-teamer. Um, and uh, happy gambling to everybody out there. Jimbo, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Always fun. Hope you guys make some money out there. Let's get it.